Hey everybody, welcome to the 12th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Bill Bodkin, I will be your host for this episode, and this week I am joined by the always reluctant managing editor of the site, Al Manorino. What's going on, Al? Hey Bill, uh, crazy, crazy, uh, crazy couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, we are uh, recording this a little later than normal, and so that is why it's just going to be the Bill and Al show, basically, much like episode one. I'm um, uh, going to start this podcast on a bit of a somber note. Um, last week, um, Pop Break uh, lost a member of its family. Um, his name was John Elliott. He passed away. Um, unfortunately, uh, oh, was discovered through a couple articles I, I read on John uh, due to effects of COVID-19. Um, John uh, wrote for us uh, from 2012 to 2014, one of the first people to ever write about comic books on the site. Uh, he wrote about theater, wrote about television, uh, and also at one point was a uh, silent partner of mine in the site um, for a number of years. Um, John was a, a big presence on this site in more ways than one. If you knew him, he was a big, bombastic, affable guy who battled through a ton of health issues. Um, and he was always really resilient. I mean, he was someone who you know lost part of a foot and a leg due to diabetes, multi-time cancer survivor. Um, when he went to the hospital in March, I was... You know, I was pretty sure that this, you know, just another thing he was going to beat and unfortunately did not. Um, guy went, had suffered a lot in his life. So on one hand, I'm very happy his, he's now at peace. But for someone who his motto was more life, I, I do wish he had more of that. Um, you know, I've, it's for me a bit complicated. John and I are very close at one point. And then, you know, as things happen, we went our separate ways after a while. Um, but I always wished him well. I always kept him in my prayers, and it's a shame. Uh, you know, John is one of the first people from this site to ever pass on. I mean, my dad wrote for us, and, you know, it's a little different story, different time. But, you know, John was really our first passing on the site, and um, I just want to extend my condolences to his family, his friends, and uh, our former, our first and former music editor, Jason Stives, who... Um, that he met John through the site and they became best friends, like almost like brothers. And he's the person that Al, you found, you were the one who told me that he had passed and he had posted that on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. John's legacy on the site is indelible. Uh, like I said, comic books, he was kind of a guy who helped shepherd that in along with you, Al. And, um, he also, plenty of people on this site came in through him directly or indirectly. Like our film editor, Marissa came in through, um, his friend, Marla, you know, Nick Picaro, who redesigned the site for the first time, brought in people like Anthony Toto and Matt Kelly, now famous YouTuber, Nando V Movies, and tons of other people. So, um, you know, John will be missed, and, um, and may his soul rest in peace, man. So that's a bit of a somber note. And, um, you know, guys, we have a limited time on this earth. Make the most of it and tell everyone you love them. That's all I got to say about that. Well said, sir. Thanks. You didn't really know John that well. I, I knew John, yeah, through the site. I knew I knew John. You know, um, you did the short-lived comics are for lovers uh, column, I think. With him. he he did it. Uh, yeah, he wrote he, one. He wrote, and then I wrote one, and I, I think he gave me really nice feedback from that. So, yeah. 
I yeah, we we were Facebook friends and um, you know friends through the site, and yeah. he will be missed Absolutely. for sure. And I guess from one somber note to the next, uh, yeah. this, this week's uh, seriously, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Um, the, the past week or, or and gosh, two weeks have just been terrible, crazy, insane, uh, history making, and bad, and emotional, and so many other ways to describe it. Um, there's not a ton of news coming out right now that we can discuss really that because everyone's focusing on the more important issues here. Um, and we'll say this, you see a lot of people and a lot of companies and a lot of celebrities and pop culture figures saying stuff and taking action. And you're seeing a lot of them not saying stuff and not taking action. Do with that what we will. When you make your pop culture choices going forward. Some of them may be very tough, but what's more important? Uh, also, I just want to throw this out there. Al, I mentioned this, this to you uh, before we went on air. If you're someone, uh, if you listen to our last week's podcast, I, would, I did a little thing in the beginning about sustained action. Uh, and if you're someone who's like, well, what can I do to help? Uh, go on YouTube uh, and type in Conan O'Brien W. Kamau Bell on a recent episode of Conan. Uh, he interviewed Kamau. Uh, Kamau hosted a show called Totally Biased, which was produced by Chris Rock. I believe it ran on FXX for almost two seasons. I had two very close friends work on that show, so I know it. Uh, Kamau's a super funny guy. He hosts United Shades of America on CNN. Uh, did some stuff with Anthony Bourdain, too, on, C- and, on the, his respective CNN show. Um, and it's basic, basically Conan and Kamau talking about what uh, a white person can do to be an ally and to be better and to combat systemic racism in the United States. It is a very, it's at times very funny and at times very emotional. Uh, I found myself shedding a couple of tears watching it. Conan definitely was on the verge of tears a number of times. Uh, it's a powerful, necessary watch and there's a lot of great things you could take out of it. Um, so if you have the time, it's about 30 minutes. So it's a bit of a commitment, but if you want to, sustained action requires commitment. And again, I'm not lecturing anyone. I'm just saying, hey, if you're looking for tools, this is a great one. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, Al, let, let's let's get into something else. Let's get into a slice of fried gold. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! Ooh. Oh, what is our slice of fried gold this week? I think our slice of fried gold is uh, it's married with our music in a time of quarantine. Music um, in a time of quarantine, because it's yeah. Kinda, I'm just I don't want to wake people up right now. I hear you. <laughs> it's it's a it's a double segment, uh, or or the t- same topic is going to take over two segments because well, let's just call it a double segment. That's great. Ooh. It's like a double. It's like a double pound, a double quarter pounder. Oh. Just call it a half pound. Just call it a half pound sandwich, but it's a double quarter pounder. Double quarter pounder. Uh, Which yeah, so one of the one of the great things to come out during this time, like you kind of mentioned, uh, and seriously, what the fuck, you know, way back when, you know, uh, Hollywood and the entertainment industry is kind of on a, a little little bit of a halt and standstill right now as uh, bigger things are happening. Uh, albums are being delayed, and um, you know. People aren't really promoting themselves, or, or, or movies aren't being promoted right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, we barely, as normally, 
we've barely posted on the site in the last two weeks because yeah, you and I both and a lot of the editors agree and writers agree. It's, it, it just feels weird to post a review about Space Force during all this time. Exactly. And yeah, and you don't feel the conversation on Facebook is, hey, did you watch Space Force or man, do you believe how much of a disappointment Space Force is? It's more that's about the people. general. That's, that's the right. general uh, tone of that. But it's more about people taking action right now and, um, you know, uh, learning uh, is one of the biggest things that people could be doing right now is just, you know, listening and learning um, during this time. But one thing that did come out um, last week that um, that was scheduled to come out was already going to come out. um, And luckily, not only didn't like just, you know, be brushed over or part of the wayside, it's actually... Um, kind of fueling what is happening right now, and that's uh, Run the Jewels 4, the latest uh, album from Killer Mike and LP, also known as Run the Jewels. Um, you know, I've been such a fan of, the, of this band for years now. Um, they, uh, you know, two, two like prolific rappers, they're like, um, you know, they always say like a comedian's comedian. These are like a rapper's rapper. Like these guys were famous in like the circle but they never like really reached mainstream success you know they weren't kanye west or jay-z or or um you know childish gambino or chance the rapper whatever they haven't reached that level of success uh separately but together um they have made one of not only the like best rap groups out there but i think like a complete crossover success like these guys play every major festival and this is a this is a uh, a group that you know alternative music listeners like myself listen to they don't need to necessarily like love rap music but they would probably love run the jewels because of their energy um there's like their style and their sound is completely different than anything else out there um but they also don't just rap about nonsense and and stuff that doesn't matter and how many yachts they have or whatever you know killer mike they will remix with cats though they definitely will uh but uh you know killer mike and we we can get to this in, in a little bit but like Killer Mike uh, probably had one of the most famous speeches during this time um, when he was speaking to the city of Atlanta about, um, you know, you know, stop burning down your city and start to um, strategize and mobilize and, you know, try to get these people out of a position of power where they can make these decisions and, and not loot and burn down your city. Yeah, well, some people had, uh, I know some people had some, took some umbrage with, his what he said just because of the way especially with voting especially with uh, voter suppression and gerrymandering and a lot mm-hmm. of shady shit that happens with voting yeah especially in black communities absolutely uh, but yeah like what i'm saying is that this isn't like lady gaga's chromatica like this Which isn't I like just posted that review today i know but this isn't like you know a really cool new dance album that people are excited about like this yeah. is like this is the music that you listen to when you protest or or um you know this this is the kind of stuff that people remember um because of the subject matter and what they're talking about whether it's 
quality. Um, you know, it's it's. I never heard of an album come out at a more proper time. And this is not something that's like, oh, let's put, you know, let's take advantage of this moment, piece it together, and throw it out there. Like they've been, they had been working on this forever. Um, and for it to come out now during this time, you know, there's, there's a, it's kismet a little bit. It's, it's, fortunate, it's, yeah. it's fortunate. And it's like, and, and they, they literally, yeah. unfortunate. I'm saying yeah, they, just because they you, literally, yeah. no, I, I, I hear you, but like I'm saying like they, they provided a soundtrack for, um, for revolution right now and and that is what's happening in america right now whether people who listen to this podcast like it or not like there is something happening in america yeah um and you know this album is is i think going to be remembered as that um but yeah i what, what were your initial thoughts well, it's, it's so funny when I think of Run the Jewels because I remember the last Governor's Ball in New York that we covered was 2014, right? And uh, they were the opening, the day one opener. Yeah. The Friday, first band, people are still kind of filing in band. That, to, to even think, just based on sheer talent alone from the first record, is almost a ludicrous statement of how great they are. Mm-hmm. And, like, LP is someone I had heard of you know, coming from the Northeast, you had heard the name LP, like, kind of like bouncing around as like an underground guy, is super talented. Killer Mike, you kind of heard, you know, rumblings here and there from the the Atlanta hip hop scene. But like you said, not, neither one of these guys was big until they came together. And uh, I love this. I love this group. Probably, at, like I said, I heard of them, and then I probably um, didn't fully experience them till Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck. And a lot of people, so good. And a lot of people, you know, that kind of some of that was propelled to alternative radio due to Zach Dalaroka's uh, involvement. Zach from Rage Against the Machine. People forget mm-hmm. that he was the lead singer because you know, what did he do? <laughs> you know, for a long time. Um, but uh, this record, man, was crazy. It came out a few days early. Came out for free. Uh, landed in the top ten. They just announced top ten of the Billboard charts, which I know, you know is not what it was 20 years ago, but still that mm-hmm. is super high for them. And first, first, first top 10, first top 10, still big accomplishment, whether, you, whether people want to say it or not. I mm-hmm. love the record, man. I thought it was, uh, you know, it had that trademark. Um, we talked on the first episode, Yankee, the brave, such a great song, such a great kind of, uh, a moose bouche, um, like a small sampling of what this record was going to be. This record was angry. This record was loud. This record was intense. This record was um, highly creative. I thought some of the beat work on here was super creative. One of my favorite ones was uh, Goonies vs. E.T., which is the fifth track off there. Kind of a little mm-hmm. bit more of a, not drum and bass, but like a way different type of like kind of beat than they're, that I'm used to with these guys. Um, I really thought that, th- I think this might be I know a lot of people love the third record, but I think this might be it for them. I think this is this might be their opus uh, to me. Ooh. I think this might be their best one because um, I feel like their lyrical content. Maybe, maybe I don't know. There's something about it. Maybe it's just the time, like you said. It just feels more now and more land. 
a landmark might be the wrong word for it, but it hits harder than the other ones did for me. And I love the other ones, don't get me wrong. But this one just, this one hits a lot harder. And it might just be this time in history. But then again, some of the great films and great records, you know, they are great because they captured a, a moment in time. That's yeah. all I'll say about that. <laughs> no, no, it's true. Um, I, I, I hope that you 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 miss miss said uh run the jewels three as run the jewels two because i think i think if we're going to talk like there there this this yeah you're well, right well i this, think run the jewels run the jewels three got a great review on our site and uh, they love the crap in that review so that's why i'm going to say maybe no, that's why it's it it's but two is it's, i mean two's amazing two. but i'll let me it's, yeah, maybe I confuse it, but you got more songs coming off two than three that are are going to be remembered for them. But um. I just think I think two is the two is the like he, you need to listen to Run the Jewels. Like this is what you need to listen. Yeah, to. Yeah, you don't listen to one. You listen to two. No, I think it's two one. No, uh, two four one three. Like four is fucking excellent. I think you're right. It might be their magnum opus, but like. I, I'm trying to like, what's the equivalent of that? Like, like two is the gateway drug, but four is like this is the epitome of this band. I was right? trying to think of a Metallica record because you know obviously I know their thing, but yeah, I'm trying to think of who. Like I would say, oh, I mean I'm looking at them right. Like there's an album on my wall, Phoenix, one of my favorite bands ever. Here. You would say <laughs> there's a big that, disparity between those. Holy shit. Completely, but I would tell people that Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix is it's like this is the sound this is the album to listen to because it has like like five hit songs it's got their big 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 gigantic hit 1901 and Listomania and all these radio songs songs that appeared on TV shows and everything like that but then I would say like you know what if you love that listen to Tiamo because this might be like the record that puts you in a good mood at any point in time. And like, this is, I think this could be considered their magnum opus, you know? Um, and it's great cause it's their latest record too. But what I'm saying with, with run the jewels, as I go on a Phoenix, uh, uh, tangent, Only you would. I would, Only you uh, would. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like Beatles. I'm just like, well, you could like listen to, I mean, like they're, they're open, you know, you could, but I'm like, you could listen to any Beatles record and then say, well, this is their opus. You know what I mean? That's like, true. It's, it's just like, like you could listen to Hard Day's Night and then Revolver or Sgt. Pepper's is their opus. You know what I mean? But it all depends on which version of the Beatles you like. That's um, true. Like, really you, you could say the hook for like a Metallica record could be, which most people will say, like Black Album's the hook. And yeah. then like their opus um, depends on who you talk to. Some people say Injustice for All. Some people say Master Puppets, stuff like that. So Very true. Uh, but going back to RTJ, uh, I was yeah, going to make first, a Bon Jovi reference, and I'm like, oh, no, that's nah. not going to work here. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, uh, first uh, first top ten in the Billboard. Um, all, all they've made all of their albums free, which is great. And uh, I know with this one, they gave the option to, for people to donate, and they raised like a ton of money, uh, like the first day. And I'm sure they're still doing that as well in terms of. Uh, uh, donating to Black Lives Matter, um, but I also le- I love the fact that they they were just like, no, we're gonna do this. We're we're coming out and we're just gonna do this, and we don't care. 
if it's coming out for free. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess like some people could say, oh, it's marketing because isn't everything free on the internet? You know, but it's just like they didn't have to do this. No, and but that's the thing. Like with I, that's why I really always admire this band because like in a in this age of digital music, you know, post post Napster world, like you know, we know as well as everyone else that um, musicians aren't making their money from downloads and from album sales. They're making their money from touring, right? And, and that's why these that. guys, yeah. and that's why these guys throw these huge tours or go on, you know, or or um, or openers for gigantic Rage. acts. Rage, uh, Jack White before that. Um, That's right. Oh, shit, yeah. I wish I saw that tour. Me too. I had tickets. I should have went. Anyway. You should have given them to me um, if you didn't go. I, I wouldn't have been out there. I'm old. You and I have been. I know. Uh, but yeah, like that's, and I, you know, I think. I think that's like a sign of good luck too. Like, you know, we're going to put this music out ourselves and we're going to make it available for people. And if they like it, that's great. And if they really like it, they can come see us on tour. And I think that's a great model uh, for, you know, for them. And it's worked out literally four albums in a row. And I don't think they're ever going to change that. I love the array of people they have on this record that I think works so well. So good. Um, Okay, I've been on record saying I'm not a – my least favorite song on this record is Ooh La La. I'm not a fan of that song. It's not a bad song. It's just not my my jam. But that had uh, Greg Nice and DJ Premier. DJ Premier is awesome. Um, Out of Sight, you got 2 Chains on there. I thought 2 Chains was awesome on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zach De La Roca and Pharrell Williams on the song Just, uh, which is going to be their new single. And I love that song that's too. That's a really good song, and the one yeah. I love, uh, the this, just like okay, who thought of this one? Uh, mm-hmm. The legendary Mavis Staples and Queens of Stone Age Josh Home on uh, Josh Homme, I should say, on pulling the pin. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about two just great, um, just singers right there, man. Uh, it's such a great, it's such a great addition to that song too, man. It's just like just yeah. so much good stuff on this record. And like LP, and like vo- what I love about this too is like the beats they have on this are great. And listen, I'm not like this massive hip hop aficionado where I could just tell you like this beat, the here and there is great. But I know what I like, and I could tell you besides having just awesome beats that just really like grab you by the throat, their vocals are so captivating. Yeah. You have to listen to that. And there are some where it's just like. Some albums, like, and, and this is not just with hip hop, just even singers, where the person, the, the vocals don't matter. It's about the music, where, or it's not as it's just like it's negligible. You're just like, I like this. I don't mm-hmm. care about the singing. This could be anybody. Yeah, those two, the it's the perfect marriage. They know how no. to make the beats that are perfect for their voices, and they they work in harmony together. Yeah, I totally agree, and I, I felt like this this album too was very. Um, um, there was a lot of surprising elements too. Yeah. Um, there were there was moments, and I think pulling the pin is is a great example of which where like um, LP I think starts off that uh, starts off with his verse, um, and then when he gets to Killer Mike, like he kind of sets the tone for what the yeah. songs that it sound like, and then Killer Mike comes in and completely changes the literally the flow of the entire song, and he's going he's rapping way faster and way harder, and the, the it, it kind of changes the entire tone of the song, too. It's great. I will say that it doesn't have a feature, but my favorite song, and I think that the song that's 
that people are going to be talking about for the foreseeable future is walking in the snow. Um, that song is that is, the one where they have the one where it says, I can't breathe. In it? Yes. Yes. So here's um, my question. I'm wondering, no, I don't I haven't re- re- read up on any of this. I wonder how long ago that song was done. Oh, I mean, he's specifically talking about Eric Gardner. That's what I thought. Yeah. But like, so, uh, yeah, which, you know, yeah. but at the same time, I was like, man, I mean, they could have oh, slipped this. It was uh, recorded in November 2019. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's just like, that's why I feel like yeah. this song is going to just be like universal. And when I heard that, yeah, it, 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 it felt it like cut yeah. me in half. Yeah. When this album dropped, um, I, I just started running recently and i hate I listened running. to it before you which was a surprise yes and i said i kept, kept telling you you're like oh man you're I'm three songs in it's so good and i was like i'm saving it for my run i'm saving it for my run so i saved it for my run and when i got to that i was just like i had to stop because i was like fuck and just like rage, did you <laughs> yeah. start rage treating tweeting how much you don't like the president uh no um no, he oh i'm sorry he does that that's stupid yeah. shit. yes uh god yeah. Yeah. It's it was um that like that song haunts me. Like I it's it's I can still so hear his good. voice to say that. Oh, yeah. And and something that they, they they that they said in advance of the album coming out was like this is the hardest record we've ever done. It's 100% accurate. Like um I think at the end of 1 2 and 3 like it starts to slow down a little bit and like usually the end of each album has like a slow quote unquote slow song. This really doesn't. It's it's bananas how how great this record is to like work out to and run to and just fucking rage to and be angry to and protest to because like it doesn't stop and the lyrics are like they never waver. It's it's it like I said, it's it's the album of the time right now. I I don't think any any other music would work right now better than this album. It's so funny because I, I, I would always, I've been thinking about this for a while. I think we remember back, I mean, you were probably still in diapers, uh, when uh, Bush, uh, George W. Bush was in office. Mm-hmm. How many protest songs, protest concerts did we had about George Bush? And it, it seemed like with Trump, like, I was stunned that for years... We didn't really have this mainstream, like, just overwhelming negative, you know, protest songs or protest anthems or anti-Trump anthems that we had seen that were so prevalent during the Bush administration. thought it was crazy. And this right here, this record to me, definitely hits home on that. But it's not yeah. even like, I guess it's anti-Trump in some respect, but it's more about the moment we're living in right now. Yeah, it's anti-establishment. It's anti-police brutality. It's it's anti like what people are kind of like waking up to right now and realizing is just like we are. This isn't great. America isn't great at the moment, and like these guys are kind of you know saying how I'm feeling at this moment. Yeah, um, I think. Maybe you know you're talking about the Bush era. Maybe American Idiot. Maybe like Green Day's American Idiot. Oh, no, would be was, yeah, American Idiot. A good example. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff though. There and I can't. Oh like, yeah, like uh, no effects. I did think did some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, there's a bunch of punk stuff that was coming out. It was anti-Bush, but it was yeah. almost like Bush was like, it was like cartoony almost like, and it was easy to take pot shots at him because it was just like, Oh, he's dumb. But yeah. like at the same time we, we, I don't know how many people considered him dangerous like Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation for another podcast that <laughs> we won't be doing. <laughs> yeah. Cause there are, again, people way smarter than us who understand this a lot better can be way more eloquent about that than us. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's just crazy. And, but you know, so now we're seeing that and, um, I would not be shocked if you see a lot more coming out for like protest music coming out real soon. I, I, I I'm going to say the complete opposite. I feel like I'm not saying mainstream. I'm just saying, no, I know. I'm, I, I'm not saying that there won't be protest music. I just don't think that even just like, I don't think there's going to be any like rap music that's going to go this way. Like is going to like, is going to follow suit with what they're doing. Cause I don't think any of the rappers out there currently, like mainstream rappers are doing, uh, are doing what they're doing at this level in terms of making songs that people will care about. Like, I, I, I don't know what the top music is right now. But like, I don't think it's talking about these things, and no, I don't change though. I hope so, but I, I don't think, see I like, think... I don't see Jay Z coming out. Oh, I don't oh. know about that. That's a bad example because I could uh, see. I don't know about that. I could see that, but yeah, I don't see Con- I don't see Kanye coming out again. I don't know about that. He gave a, he gave a whole bunch of money to Mel. Yeah, yeah, then, but he should he should have you know. And again, we're gonna get super political here, but I feel like he should have been like. He should be like, I denounce Trump. Well, also. there's there was that interview that came out with him, or what people were saying that he said this was all a big ruse to get into, to get in. I don't know. Maybe Kanye is a complicated guy, man. He is. Again, we're not. We're like this is not our wheelhouse. Uh, you and no. I are not as. Uh, we're not. We're not fluent hip hop aficionados, but like I would not be shocked if we see a lot more of this coming out. More, more, uh, yeah. of, more of this. From all musical genres. Yeah. I, I, I just love seeing Zach Della Roach yell at me about, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, slave Masters. Like, I want more of, more. give me more rage. Give me more, give me more Zach Della Roach. Like, give me, give me more punk and, and like, that rock and, and more rap like this. Like, it's st- like music with a message and not, you know luxury rap as as kanye once said like stop giving me you know stop giving me nonsense during this time because there's there's no need for it right it's like you know it's like space force i don't need this right now yeah that's true it's it's sad that we're shitting on space force i'm pretty sure one of the first episodes we were so excited about it (laughs) we were and um hey listen they own the name (laughs) they own they own the name not not the government it's it's amazing uh, but yeah, so if uh, for those who uh, don't know what we're talking about that we've been talking about for a few uh, a few minutes at this point is uh, RTJ4 is the the newest uh, album from Run the Jewels, also known as Run the Jewels 4. You can download it for free. Uh, just Google RTJ4. You should be able to. That's the yep. their their official website. You can download it for free. You can donate money. Um, to, to to Black Lives Matter and, and other uh, organizations, 
who need the money at this time. And then um, if you're someone who needs to actually have a physical media, you can also buy like special edition, like yeah. vinyls and CDs and stuff and t-shirts on their website. Um, but yeah, uh, Bill, we always do uh, during music in a time of quarantine. We talk about usually a specific song people should listen to. What is the song for you? People should listen to off RTJ four. Well, if we were kind of making that analogy before, what's the hook? And then what's the, what's the masterpiece the hook yeah. is yankee and the brave that's like yep. that's the that's the one you pump out of your car but goonies versus et which i mentioned before is the one i keep going back to i love I, it's hard for me to even put into words what i love about this song so much like i said the beats are so great i just love it, it it's it's an it's an oddity on that record um, yes and that's why i like it so much it's it's it, it's to be experienced not described so absolutely goonies versus et definitely that's my that's my pick it, it's hard because there's so many great songs on that. so many good songs it's crazy um i will agree um you have to listen to yanking the brave if you haven't yet um i also love um the the reason it's called yanking the brave uh lp is from new york and killer mike is from atlanta yankees braves love it um then i would recommend uh walking in the snow it's gonna yeah. change your life so good also quick shout out for one of my favorite uh, song titles of all time, Holy Calamifuck. Yes. Absolutely love that name. So I don't know good. why I thought of Calamari for some reason. I'm just like, Holy it Cal- Calamari looks like- Fuck. And I'm like, okay, I, I like Calamari. Holy Calamifuck. Uh, yeah. Well, that is our uh, music in a time of quarantine, which basically became the big talking point of the, of the which usually WTF is. So there we go. So let's move on to a, a segment that doesn't have uh, any sort of intro, and that's the watch list, which is our um, our recommendations to to watch during uh, quarantine. Um, since we're you know it's a little bit of a shorter episode, an only two person episode, we I think we should go with two picks each. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll start it off, Al, since I just jumped you with two picks each. No, that's great. Um, I'm gonna uh, two are very um, very different picks for me. Um, I think if you, if you're also just trying to, if you're in this time, you're trying to get in the headspace of just like how bad things have been and how long things have been bad. Um, a lot of people have been recommending the works of Ava DuVernay. Um, she has her documentary 13, which I haven't seen, so I can't recommend that to you, but I will recommend her miniseries when they see us, uh, which came out last year, which is about the central park five. Um, and how they were wrongly convicted. Um, be prepared to be to have your soul ripped out of your body and then trampled on. And how heartbreaking this is. the The story and how they were how these guys these kids were brought in and accused, and how they were sent to prison and how it uh, greatly affected them for their entire lives is it's heartbreaking. The performances in this, Jarell Jerome, who plays uh, uh, Corey, who is a, still a very big uh, advocate uh, out there, is might be one of the finest performances I've ever seen on television. He is absolutely a, not, he's a star. He's the only person because they have a cast playing the Central Park Five as uh, young men, like, like teenagers and preteens. And then as adults, he plays his character in both in both casts, which shows you just how great he is. He is amazing. He is the next to me is the next great 
actor we have out there, great dramatic actor. He's amazing. And I've said the word amazing a month that it, it has to be seen. Um, I talked about this last year. Matt Taylor and I did a podcast about just, you know, we did like a, every few months we do a TV podcast. We talked about it, just how amazing this show, this groundbreaking, breathtaking, compelling. I can't shove enough adjectives into this, this description, but I'm going to say it's important and it's must-see. And it talks about young black men and how they're treated by the legal system. And you're, uh, you're, it's going to rip your guts out. But it's definitely a must-watch. Every episode, I think it's like four or five episodes, is shot like a movie. An individual m- film, each, each episode. And it's just a masterclass. Watch it. It's great. Um, my other pick is uh, a little different. Um, and we just, uh, the second anniversary of his, his untimely passing uh, happened the other day. And that's Anthony Bourdain. One of my all-time favorites, man. One of my favorite authors, uh, favorite uh, storytellers, creatives. Um, his catalog of shows is, I think, one of the great shows of the last, of the 2000s. Uh, whether it's No Reservations, whether it's The Layover, whether it's, um, oh gosh, for totally space on his CNN show. Uh, Destination Unknown, I think, is his show. Um, they, uh, I'm just going to double check my work here. Um, his work, you know, if people don't know Anthony Bourdain, obviously he was a chef, um, parts unknown. Sorry. That's the name of the show. Parts unknown. That was the CNN series. That's the, what he was filming when he unfortunately passed. It was, um, he was, doesn't, wasn't a, a, a renowned chef who went to different areas and just talked about food. It wasn't a travel log, even though his show aired, you know, his shows aired on Travel Channel, except for the one on CNN. Um, he was like a cultural anthropologist who brought people to the table that you would never have uh, experienced and uh, you never would have met. And some episodes were light and fluffy, you know, going into, you know, very bougie and beautiful places in Paris uh, to the war torn. Middle East to hurricane ravaged Haiti to a dive bar in New York, you know, and he examined culture. And I, 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 I sorely miss him for this time because he was such a strong voice. And I thought he's a guy who brought everyone, whether it was race, creed, religion, sexuality, gender, whatever, he brought everyone to the table. He wasn't perfect. But he brought everyone to the table for a discussion, and he not only opens your mind to, to food and to different areas, but to culture. And the, the, it all boils down to the human experience. And I thought Bourdain was brilliant at talking about the human experience. Um, so many great episodes, so many, so much great music. Um, and sometimes it went a little like his Travel Channel shows would get a little wild. Like he would go out to the desert with Josh Hom from Queens of Stone Age, his second reference on the episode. And he would talk about this crazy shit, and they would film it all wild. And then he's in uh, a little dive in Vietnam, having a beer and some food with Barack Obama. Or he's going down in the middle of a blizzard, Asbury Park, New Jersey, having a pork roll, egg, and cheese sandwich, you know, or at Frank's Deli. I mean, that's that's what he did. And um, these episodes are great binge watches that 
are light and fluffy at times, but also can hit you hit you right in the soul. And then I think that's a nice balance of what, what people need now because it's, it's just, right now is super intense and you need a little bit of a, a break. But that break also still keeps you a little grounded in what's happening right now. So uh, Alan, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're a Bourdain guy or if you've ever watched. I think you'd be right up your alley, man. He's just like yeah, super fun. He's like that older uncle which just you. He was like, "All right, kid, we're gonna go to the bar, and I'm gonna teach you about life after 12 shots or something like that." You know, it's just like a super, a super cool guy who, unfortunately, you know, battled his demon, his own demons, and overcame heroin addiction. But unfortunately, took his own life two years ago, um, <laughs> and it really brought up a um, a national conversation about mental health and suicide and. You know, for me, like I said, he was always like this the coolest guy in the room and for to see that happen to him, it's like it's important to check on your own mental health and the mental health of the people you love because you never know the most happy person in the room could be the person suffering the most. So Anthony Bourdain, I think he's got stuff on Hulu, I think some stuff on Netflix. Uh probably on Prime too. So check him out. Those are some great picks. Um, I uh, things I've never watched, so that's good recommendations for me. I, I feel like when I stayed at home with Sophie when I was a stay-at-home dad for six months, it was Bourdain yeah. all the time. Just, I, 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 I'm so unfamiliar with him in a sense. Like the only thing that I know him from, and this movie gets a plug a lot on this podcast. I know exactly what you're going to talk about. He makes a small cameo in The Big Short. He does. He was also in. Um, Yo Guy Bagana. He was Dr. Tony. Uh, he, he was a, a doctor helping people out. Um, he's also, I mean, like, it's funny. He was a comic book. Uh, he did some comic books. Yeah, uh, Hungry Ghosts. Yep, we, which I had. It was like, it's super long. I never got to read it. Um, I have the PDF of it. That's why I didn't read it. Um, mm. And then, like, you know, he was a prolific author. And he was actually going to have a huge, um, like, food market built in new york city where it was going to be like, kind of like um and it was this massive undertaking and fortunately due to this passing i think you're ever gonna see it happen where it was just gonna be all like these stalls and like open markets and all different that types of food from all over oh i would have i would have gained 50 pounds just eating meat from there at first sure. because p jones is like did someone say meat <laughs> Oh man! Speaking of which, I try to try to make uh, baby back ribs today, and it took forever. And I didn't even like how they came out. And I'm like, why did I do this? I just picked up since we're talking dad stuff right now. I just yeah. picked up a for my griddle that I have. I picked up a breakfast kit, so that includes a press for bacon. I got like a um, like a carafe, a little uh, release to make the perfect size pancakes, and I have like two egg molds I can do. So this weekend I will be. Uh, I would be grilling up a storm. You need to buy the Kodiak cake mix. It's the best. I have it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, I have it. I don't know if Sophie's right. gonna like it. I'll make her the funfetti stuff, but yeah, no, I got the I got the Kodiak man. Kodiak's it's great. The, it's the best. I, listen, if we ever get a sponsor for this podcast, I hope it's Kodiak cakes. Kodiak cakes and uh, Carol Baskin, I guess. <laughs> I guess I wouldn't want the the, the latter. Yeah, I but. would not either. But Kodiak, no. if you want to, dear Kodiak cakes. And Kodiak yes. in general. If you want to sponsor us, we both eat your protein yeah. fueled breakfasts a lot. So send us some money. Send us some stuff. Yeah. Send us some Kodiak cakes. Uh, I eat it like the on, the, on, on the reg. You ever tried the blueberry muffins they have? Uh no, I tried their the like the self like this you ever tried the self serve pancake cup? 
Like you just add water like... and throw it in the microwave. It wasn't bad. Uh, but I do love the uh, I do love the mix. I've I've made cookies out of them. Uh, I make waffles every week and uh, pancakes occasionally. Yeah, I tell you what, man, if you can get yourself a little griddle. I got the dude. I got the the Belgian waffle press. I'm good. Oh, that's well, not waffles. I mean, you could go. You make yourself a smash burger. Get you some 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 eggs. Get some bacon. It's good stuff, brother. Good yeah. Sorry, right, we just put a little avocado oil on. Grills up nicely. Uh, oh, you know what? I'll tell you right now. I've been using the sunflower oil. Mm, I'll check that out. That's good. Avocado spray has been pretty good for me so far. Oh, yeah. I love avocado. All right. So, yeah, that's our... Welcome uh, back to Dad Talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Dad Pod. We're <laughs> Dad Pods. You know that's a podcast. Oh, 100%. Um, okay. Um, so, the next... Uh, so, okay. Uh, yeah, you didn't get into yours. No, I'll, I'll, I'll try to be uh, quick so we can get into the, the... guess the final segment. But my two picks. So, um, I've reached the point of quarantine where I've run out of things to watch, which is... The same thing you always do. 100% untrue in, in the sense that there's a million things for, to uh, watch out there. But there was a show that I watched the first season of that I was, like, in love with. And then I, this usually never happens. Like, if I really love a show and I watch a full season of it, I usually will continue it. Kind of forgot about the show. Fell by the wayside a little bit. And uh, it was on Hulu, so I picked it up again uh, from the second season. And I'm about to finish... The third, I've been kind of binging it, and the fourth just ended. Um, that show is Brockmire on IFC. Oh, the series! Yeah, I think the series series is done. I think right. Series is done. It just the, the fourth season had just ended. Um, this, I I didn't realize it then, but it actually might be one of the best shows that no one is watching on television. I didn't even realize it was four seasons. I thought it was two same like this show came out in 2017 uh, yeah this, came, this show came out in 2017 i did not realize that they had gone past two seasons or oh. even past season one because of uh a it being on ifc um and b just there's no word of mouth on it but if you go um look on imdb or look at like the metacritic review the the episode reviews are very very high it's got an 8.1 on imdb um i compare this show in terms of um not comparing the the actual show style but in the sense of like an amazing show that no one's watching that's lasted like multiple seasons this is like the justified of the comedy world like i i feel like that he justified it was he watched even more than this though a hundred percent but like I feel like no one ever watched that show, and I always bring it up as people like, oh, you should watch this. And they're like, oh, that sounds cool yeah, because yeah. they've never heard of it. And I think Brockmire is the same way. And, it, you know, it's a very niche premise. It's about a famed Major League Baseball announcer. He's got, like, this super, super embarrassing, very, very public meltdown. Um, he gets fired from the Major Leagues, and he basically starts uh, trying to rebuild his career at like a like minor league team in like the middle of like, like bumfuck nowhere. Um, and it's, it's Hank Azaria, um, you know, who you may know as uh, Phoebe's on on again, off again, boyfriend from friends, obviously also from the Simpsons um, and a million other things. But uh, I always think of heat. I always think of, goddamn friends because he's 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 your wife watches uh, it constantly 
Yes. Um, but it is one of the fucking funniest shows. Bill, as a baseball fan, as a, probably a Hank Azaria fan, like you absolutely need to start watching this. Um, it also has Amanda Pete, who is a goddamn national treasure. Who's in that new uh, USA show? Uh, with um, Christian Slater. With, no. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely not. Which one? Uh, it's the Betty Broderick story. It's like... Uh, oh, God. I thought you were talking about Bless This Mess with... Uh, no, that's Isn't that Lake Bell and Dax Shepard? Oh, my God. Lake Bell and Amanda Peet are the same person. Well, they're not. First, first off, Bless This Mess got canned. Yeah, I could see that because it's a horrible name. Uh, but I, I've always loved Amanda Peet since the, the whole nine yards. Oh, wow. She's Talk great. about a movie that, like... Let's pause Brockmire for a second, which also reminds me of the, the show Longmire, if you don't remember that. That was like a A&E show that went to Netflix. That had a very niche audience. It did. Um, yeah, the whole nine yards, man. That is a – I forgot that came out in 2000. Yeah. And if you've never seen this film, it's about uh, – it's Bruce Willis. It's Matthew Perry. It's Amanda Peet, uh, Michael Clark Duncan, and – Rosanna Arquette, Natasha Henstridge, Kevin Pollack, and it's about a hitman. Uh, and isn't he, isn't he retired, or is he trying to be retired? His life is turned upside down when a famous gangster gangster moves in next door, and his wife convinces him to inform a notorious mob boss about the gangster's whereabouts. Yeah, it's like a crazy, yeah, action, dark action. Yeah. Not that much action, but like a dark comedy. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, as someone pointed out, I don't remember who it was, but it's when, when Bruce Willis has hair, he's usually really good in it. He was, he's great in the whole nine he's, yards. And he's, I, I, there was the whole I, 10 yards. I don't think I ever watched that. I've seen, I think I've seen the whole 10 yards more because it was just like a movie that was always on cable. But yeah, the whole nine yards, guys, go find that. That is fantastic. But anyway, Bill, Brockmire. Um, Not to be confused with Longmire. Brockmire is probably it's it's the funniest show, um, one of the funniest shows on television right now. I know it just ended, so it doesn't hold true. But if you have if you're tired of binging The Office and Parks and Friends, and you want to laugh, and you don't need a big commitment because there's the, the seasons are very short, very it's half short. hour episodes. Um, I think they're like at most eight episode seasons. You don't even have to be a baseball fan to, to, to just kind of fall in love with Hank Azaria's character. He's like a giant asshole, but like he, he's like, what if a baseball announcer was like a real human being and they couldn't stop being a baseball announcer like in real life? Right. That's who his character is that he's created. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's funny. Uh, great supporting cast to, like I said, Amanda Peet, uh, Tyrell Jackson Williams, who becomes like his like producer and protege. Um, again, I watched the first season in full, and then never watched the rest. So when I got to the second season, I thought I had missed a lot, but they kind of do like a a time jump and a location jump, and um, his kind of career takes a different path. It's it's so good, and it, it and it continues to be very good. Um, uh, a little spoiler for season three: J.K. Simmons is in it and plays a big role in it, um, and he's fantastic, obviously, in everything. Um, Which my wife is rebinging Law and Order right now, and I, I forget a J.K. Simmons with hair is in Law and oh, Order. Wow, yeah, that didn't see that coming. And Samuel L. Jackson was on an early season as a guest star. Um. Go figure. 
That is true. Uh, but yes, uh, Brockmire is my first pick. My second pick, going to be super quick about this because I feel like we've talked about it before, but just for people who do not know, um, Knives Out, which is one of the best films that come out, that came out last year. And I just oh, haven't yeah. watched it yet. Absolutely love Knives Out. Well, I'm going to give you a reason to do that, sir, because guess what? It's coming to Prime. No way. It's coming to Prime, baby. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, I bet so, you know, big Daniel Craig. Is, oh, I love Ryan Johnson. Yes, you love Ryan Johnson. You love uh, Mr. Chris Evans. You love Mr. Daniel Craig. It is probably one of the best movies that came out last year. Um, it is one of Ryan Johnson's best movies. Not saying much because he has not directed a lot of them, but he has a great track record. It is one of the the f- most fun, like and like eclectic ensemble cast that you've ever seen. Like you have uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, like as uh, Daniel Craig. Chris Evans, um, Don Johnson, Don Johnson's in it. Uh, Michael Shannon. Uh, the McKeith, cast is fantastic. Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, like already, you should be watching the movie just because Lakeith's in it um, because he's uh, has an amazing track record as well. But yeah, so it's coming uh, to Prime this month. Um, just double checking the date so people and Bill can go watch it because they need to. Uh, June twelfth, so you'll be able to watch it uh, this weekend. I think it's Friday. That is this Friday. So yeah, uh, it's coming, baby. Knives Out. It's a great movie. You haven't, if you didn't get the chance to see it in theaters, uh, watch it on Prime. And uh, it's a like a great genre movie that you'll be able to recommend to people because um, you know it's not very violent and it's not very uh, you know it's it's not sci-fi like the last. Right? It's a whodunit. It's like uh, it's like Clue. And, so I uh, remember really when they tried things. doing uh, Murder on the Orient Express, and that didn't do well. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to forget about that, Bill. Yeah, I'm always here to remind you of stuff you hate. Yes. Mostly uh, by you looking at my face. Um, let us get into a glimmer of hope. Glimmer of hope! Oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, we are recording this on June 9th. Happy Bill and Ted Day. That's, That's right. right. Today is Bill and Ted Day, and we got, uh, I guess what we call a teaser trailer, because I wouldn't call it a full trailer, it was a teaser for Bill and Ted 3, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, I, I don't even know if this movie needed a trailer, to be honest with you, because it's just like, you're like, guys, Keanu Reeves is really on board for this movie. That's all you need to know. <laughs> but uh, that's that's what sold me. Um yeah, this just showing that Bill and Ted, you know, uh, starts off that they're in, I'm assuming, the future with a uh, cameo from a famous uh, independent musician who's won a couple Grammys um, that if you blink, you miss them. Right, Al? Yes, sir. Uh, we're not going to ruin that one for you. Just go look it up yourself. It'll be fun. Uh, it was very fun when Al tagged me in that Facebook, uh, in the article that appeared on Facebook like he does every single day. Um, uh, and it's basically like, Hey guys, you, you were supposed to unite the world. You had this huge concert. Now you're playing in front of an open mic that people came for, mostly came for the tacos that were two bucks instead of you. It's basically setting up the premise of the movie that Bill and Ted desperately want to make this song to save the world and unite the world. And maybe they go into the future and try and steal it from their future selves. Um, they're also dads, which they don't really they sort of allude to in the film, but you know, they're definitely older. They're definitely in their fifties and it definitely was 
all sorts of awesome. Uh, Al, you got a chance to watch it. What did you think? Um, so I can't, I can't do this to you because I think you're going to get – I think you're going to flip the table that's in front of you. I mean, honestly, I'm exhausted. I don't have my air conditioner on in this, in this place I'm recording. I'm sweating profusely. I don't think I have ever seen either Bill and Ted. I mean, it's like, listen, man, you mean you still haven't seen The Godfather, so I mean, like, nothing surprises That's true. me. Did you yeah, see the first right. Matrix movie? Uh, I fell asleep. You, I mean, okay. Uh, Not because of the movie. I, I, I like, put it on go, and I go, was, I was just falling watch asleep. It. Just watch it. Just watch it. I will. Just watch it. I mean, you know why you watch it? Because you watch it and be like, oh, that's why. And, uh, no, but it, like, the first, like, Bill and Ted has come, like, I, like, some people love the second movie. I'm not a huge fan of the second movie. William Sadler as death is, is the most entertaining character. It is a fun, silly comedy that has just stuck. People love it. It's super quotable. You know, the princesses, Bill S. Preston Esquire, Ted Theodore Logan. It was just, it's so absurd. And yet, it's just so lovable. Like, you got George Carlin as their, like, mentor from the future. Clarence Clemens is in it. Like, it's it's so random and so bizarre. It should not work at all. But... It does. Just because Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are just amazing together. The chemistry is just there. They're super invested in the film. And it's just fun. So, I mean, if you're looking for just a fun, goofy movie, Bill Ted's Excellent Adventure, highly recommend it. And it's super quick. It's not a long movie at all. But, like, I'm excited for this film. I I think it's like we... 2020 has been, like, removing ourselves prior to everything that's happened over the last few weeks 2020 has just been a fucking nightmare so for something fun and goofy to come out that has a huge nostalgia factor i think is something we could totally all get behind and it gave us one of the best moral lessons of all time be excellent to each other yeah yeah absolutely um this this movie has been like kind of seeped in in pop culture you know since it came out and even if i don't remember if I've seen it or not when I was younger at some point. Um, I still think I've seen it because yeah. of just like how, again, engraved it is in, in the culture. Um, and like, I know there's people on the site like um, Logan Toto. Fowler, Logan Fowler, Anthony Toto, people who uh, either have been on this podcast or, or never will be on the podcast. Be on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, they love this movie. This, they, the, the movies, and this has been a long time coming, and I'm really excited that people get a chance to see this because it feels like they're making this not for real like nostalgia or like capitalizing on nostalgia. Like no one needed this movie. This no. wasn't something people were asking for. This was just like a kind of a gift that they they've been wanting to give their fans for a long time. And I think the fact Keanu Reeves, who also does not need this movie, he's not even he, a little. He's doing great, guys. Uh, the fact he was so passionate about making this film, I think he had a hand in writing the film, and he wanted to make he he helped will this film into existence. Mm-hmm. I think when we see a project like that, and Keanu Reeves, like Tom Hanks, I think one of the most beloved actors in Hollywood. Like every time something bad happens, you're just like, we must protect these two at all costs. 
Um, you know, the fact it comes from a place of love for these characters, from a guy who didn't need to make the movie, I think speaks volumes about the film. And I, re- I always remember um, there's the great line, strange things are afoot at the circle. Hey, Ted. And uh, I said that on a date one time. And the person I was on the date with was like, oh, you're not one of those dorks who quotes movies all the time. And I'm just like, this date is over. It's over. <laughs> uh, then I met my wife and we we're all good. She got that yes. reference real quick. Uh, but yeah, I can't I can't pass a Circle K without thinking that line. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like so much good stuff here. Yeah. It just, uh, I, I kind of, in terms of like the actual trailer itself and being a teaser, I just wish we got to see like a little more about, because like the, the film's more about their kids, right? I thought it was. Yeah, and like they really didn't. It, this was uh, just almost like a this film exists type of trailer. Like it gave us the bare minimum of the plot. Um, but I also, I don't think there is an, I don't know if there's an exact plan on how this film is being released. No, it says summer. It just it says, says summer, summer and we don't know if that's going to VOD, nor do we know if it's going to do the select theaters, VOD drive-in route. Um, mm-hmm. If this went straight to VOD, this thing would make a lot of money. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, you know what? Is that true, though? Like, I think this I, weekend's get, this this weekend's going to be a big testament to that, because uh, this weekend's going to be the King of Staten Island on VOD. Uh, I, like, for, for me, I look at this weekend, we're still in this, like, can, we're st- I think we're still in the, the phase of, like, do we feel okay consuming pop culture? So I'm not sure how it'll do. I think, yeah. I think like, had this come out at a different time, uh, King of Staten Island, I think it would have done very well. It's Judd Apatow. He's got a great track record. People... Um, adore Pete Davidson. Buscemi's in it. I'm like I'm hit or miss on Apatow. Sometimes I think he gets a little. Too, he's always a little goes runs a little long. It's a little too uh, maudlin. Yeah. Uh, a little too. I mean, this is forty is sure to watch. Nor do I even I, like that movie. I always say that. Yeah, I always say his movies are too long. I always say that too. That like funny people should have been a masterpiece. Had had he cut like fifty minutes out of it, yeah, because and so it's then, just long, man. I feel like I almost like know that, and I feel like from the trailer, I'm like I know the beats of this movie already. It's like an appetite movie; I could figure it out before seeing it. Uh, I think like maybe I don't know how that well it'll do, but I think maybe people are also looking for an escape too. So it's it's a cultural thing, not like a testament on that film. But I think if this film was coming out, I think it was supposed to be an August release. Um, if this comes out in August. I feel like a ton of people would be downloading it, like would be purchasing on VOD. Because yeah. well, again, we're not getting a ton of content. I mean, next week we're also getting, or is it the end of this week, we're getting the new Spike Lee movie on Netflix, which looks uh, looks, looks awesome. The Five Bloods looks yeah. phenomenal. Um, but you know, in August is always a rough time for uh, any sort of uh, original content. So I think we're gonna. I think it'll do very well. Yeah, I also I don't it, know what the budget is either. I can't imagine I, it's super high. I don't know. It looks pretty effects heavy. I, I would think. Uh, I could also see Keanu Reeves taking no money to do this film. Oh, 100 percent. He probably took like some kind of points thing or like back end money. He's got to make some money off it. He's not going to just do all that work I don't know, for free. He gave, months. Like, he gave like a ton of his Matrix royalties back to the crew. I don't know if he's, you know, he's got he's got to get something for his time. Um, he's like a sweet I, angel. He really is. I will say that I think uh, I think this would be a good movie to do like the drive-in 
approach. Oh, I 100% agree. It's got yeah. total drive-in appeal. Yeah. Because like, you, you could do a three-movie marathon at drive-in. Yeah, you could. Or, or it just has that kind of, like, again, like the nostalgia of the fact that it's a Bill and Ted movie, which was mm-hmm. released in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. It's just, like, it makes, yeah. like, it has that appeal. Very true. So, yeah, that's that's our glimmer of hope, you know, because it's like we're open by August. Like, we're enjoying pop culture again. We're making change in the world. And we can, mm-hmm. we can all come together and watch this film. It would be awesome. Absolutely. So, Al, this is our shortest episode. This is what happens when you and I just talk. And, That's right. Um, where can people find you on social media, pal? Um, depending on what side of the aisle you're on, you might not necessarily want to follow me on Twitter, but I'm at Al Manorino, uh, usually just retweeting things that I agree with and uh, responding to things that I don't Um and then uh, Instagram, I just purchased a new camera in a time where I am not getting paid to go take photos. So it's been pretty fun. Uh, but I am trying to take more photos during this time of my son. So you can follow me on Instagram. Also, at Al Manorino. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to plug stuff right now. But um, because what I like... You to just do- made me do it. No, 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 no. Just hear me out. Okay. Is... Um, you know, we're the poprake.com. That's that's our site. That's who powers this podcast. Uh, before you do any of this, I mean, go find great charitable organizations to donate mm-hmm. to Black Lives Matter, to donate to this is Pride Month. There's a whole bunch of great, um, you know, LGBTQ plus, and I'm sorry if I've left off any letters, and that's only out of my own ignorance, charities. Um, a lot of great uh, cause for for trans people that, uh, that we've seen a lot of violence uh, per- perpetrated against them in the recent months, recent years. So there's a lot of great charities. I'd rather you check those out. But, you know, do that first. Be a beacon in your community and don't be afraid to um, have to uh, battle family and employers and friends on your views on the world because... Or knows I have, and I'm sure Al has too. Um, don't take shit. It's not the time. So anyway, um, once you do that, then please check out thepopbreak.com. We are going back to our regular posting uh, this week. Um, podcasts, uh, film, music, TV, comic books. We're going back to that, all that, but we're still going to be posting a lot of stuff. About charitable or you know charities and donations you can make and organizations to follow and maybe some stuff you don't like if, depending on the side of your aisle you're on. Um, I'm at Bodkin Writes. Um, check Pop Breakout on uh, at popbreak.com all spelled out on Twitter forward slash popbreak.com all spelled out on Facebook at the Pop Breakout Instagram. We had a great uh, takeover uh, last week from our music editor and multi-time guest on this podcast, Cat Manos. We're going to be resuming that in the coming weeks as well. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for joining us uh, during this time for the 12th episode of the Socially Distance Podcast. For the always reluctant Al Reno, who just toppled over, I guess. Uh, my name is Bill Bodkin. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on episode 13.